Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot RS. ZocDoc.com RS. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to r slash best of redditor updates, where a douchebag tries to sue OP into oblivion and gets a heaping dose of justice instead. Our next Reddit post comes from r slash entitled people. I'm 26 years old, and I decided to open my own business this year. I should point out that I'm from a small town of a thousand people in the rural Midwest. Because of this, everyone in the town has some kind of connection with everyone else in town. We went to one of the liquor stores in the closest city, about 30 minutes away, a small city of 8,000 people. When we were grabbing some alcohol for a party, I was looking at the prices and saw how insane the prices were. For a six-pack of local beer, we were charged $15. I was thinking about it, and I figured that I could probably make bank opening a liquor store. Back in February, I was furious about my terrible job, and I was thinking out loud about how cool it would be to own my own business to a friend. My friend's mom happens to be the president of the local bank. He told me, hey, with the pandemic, the bank has been struggling to find customers to give out loans. Right now, the bank is giving out loans for cheap. A couple weeks later, I went in and met with my friend's mom and pitched the idea with my research that I'd done on alcohol prices, potential demand, and estimated income. I got the loan at a fantastic interest rate. I bought a building, which happened to be a former bank, and I hired my dad to help me renovate the building. My dad is a general contractor, and he gave me an excellent quote on materials and labor. After working everything out with the distributors, getting the proper licenses, and getting my paperwork I needed for the government, I was ready to open my liquor store in May. I had started taking out ads in the local newspaper advertising my store and my prices. When I was talking to distributors, I learned that liquor stores in the city have like an 80% markup. 
I talked to a local business owner and he suggested I should have like a 35 to 40% markup. Because of this difference, I was significantly cheaper than the closest liquor store and I had a much wider selection than the gas station and small local stores nearby. My hometown is near a national forest. As such, we have a ton of people who come up for weekends and recreational activities year-round. My first week after opening, the week before Memorial Weekend, I'd made a $4,000 profit. It was great being my own boss. If someone was rude to me or my girlfriend, oh, I'm sorry, you can buy your alcohol elsewhere. If someone tells my girlfriend, go back to China, you hmm, racial slur B-word, then they can pay me 15% more at the register. Did me and my friends run out of alcohol? Time to grab my keys and go to the store. That's not to say that it wasn't difficult running my own business, especially since my only employee was my girlfriend and we were both working like 80-hour weeks. I was the manager, accountant, and cashier, but man, it is so much nicer knowing that I can tell someone to pound sand for being a prick. A couple of weeks after Memorial Day, some old guy walks into my store a couple of minutes after I opened. He seemed friendly enough, but eventually he offered to buy my store. I'm not going to say the amount, but it wouldn't have even covered my principal on the loan. I rejected the proposal outright and refused to negotiate for a higher sum. He walked out of my store saying, Welp, you'll be sorry you rejected that offer. The next month, a guy walked into my store and asked if I was the owner. After saying yes, I was informed that my business was being sued by this random guy I never heard of for libel. After he left, I was freaking out and decided that I was going to close early. When I got home, I googled the guy and I soon saw a picture of the guy that tried to buy my store. It turns out this is the guy who owns both the liquor stores in the nearby city. It also just so happens that he's on that city's council. With a little bit of further digging, I learned that this city has an ordinance that reads, any business institution that doesn't fulfill the definition of a restaurant, tavern, or liquor dispensary will be excluded from obtaining a license for the sale of alcohol. Later, I discovered that this same guy happens to be the head of the board that approves liquor licenses. I love small town corruption. Either way, I had a major issue. My uncle happens to be a lawyer in a neighboring state. I decide to call him and try to get some legal advice. After I gave my uncle all the information, he said, hang on, I gotta make a call. And he hung up. At this point, I'm freaking out. I'll be honest, I just wanted someone to tell me that it was gonna be okay, and I didn't need to crawl to this guy on my hands and knees. As I was writing this post, my uncle called back. He said, hey, OP, I just got off the phone with my partner, and he agreed that we can take on your case pro bono. If you'd like to accept, we can discuss this at my office tomorrow at 1 o'clock. This is how I learned that my uncle is on the bar in three states. So we meet and discuss the case. It turns out this guy filed a libel suit against my business based on the ads that I took out in the local newspapers. He claims that my ads were targeted to damage his and his business's reputation. There were a few other things referenced that I had no idea about, but my uncle assured me that we would win this case no problem. Three weeks later, the case is dismissed. But afterwards, my uncle warns me. People like this piece of work will likely try to file another suit against you. If this happens, call me, and I promise I'll help. The next day, I got served again, but this time, I'm the defendant. Not my store, me. I swear to God, I looked at the documentation, and the only thing that changed was, instead of my business name listed as a defendant, it was my name. The same thing happened. Four weeks later, the case was dismissed. 
Over the next three months, I was sued three more times. Before the fifth case's hearing, we had a settlement meeting. My uncle, the judge, the guy suing me, his lawyer, a bailiff, and I were all sitting in the room. The judge says, You two have been in court four times already. Is there any way that we could come to an agreement that'll stop this cycle of faulty litigation? The guy's lawyer says they have an offer and hand it to my uncle, who then hands it to me. It essentially read that he'll stop all litigation if I sell my business for about 30% of the remaining loan principal. I outright rejected the offer, and he made a counteroffer. I said, if you drop this case, I won't sue you for harassment. He busts out laughing. Sue me? With what money? The legal fees alone ought to have drained you. You should be happy I chose to extend this offer and not sue your butt into bankruptcy and buy that shithole from the bank when they foreclose on your dumb ass. <laughs> the judge, the bailiff, and the guy's own lawyer were all looking at him aghast for saying the silent part out loud. My uncle straight up said to him, Oh, I'm sorry, apparently you were never told. I've taken all of my nephew's cases pro bono. The only money he's spent on your litigation is gas. And bluntly, <laughs> and bluntly, sir, I think your outburst has just ensured a suit against you. After that, we just left, and I was then informed a few days later that the litigation was dropped. Right now, my uncle and I are talking about the future suit against this guy. I want to sue the guy for a very high amount to try to get press attention on the guy and his sketchy actions. Although, my uncle warned me that we need to be careful because if we set the damages too high, it'll look like we're just being vindictive. This new suit will not be pro bono, but after getting sued five times for free essentially, I'm not going to complain. So I'm not super familiar with the legal system, but I'm guessing if OP sues this guy, then he'll have, <laughs> then he'll have witnesses about this guy's outburst, and <laughs> one of the witnesses is a judge. So I guess OP's lawyer will be able to call up the judge and give testimony about what this guy did to another judge in a separate case. And if that isn't damning testimony from a judge, then I don't know what is. I don't know, can judges be called to testify? I guess they can, right? As long as it's not their case. Then, about three months later, OP posted an update. As of now, the case is over, so I can talk about it. We filed the complaint about a month after the last case against me was dismissed. What we filed for was multiple accounts of malicious misuse of due process. After filing the complaint, we had to serve the papers to the guy. Someone, I don't know who, must have told him because he dodged getting served for multiple weeks. The only reason the process server was able to serve him was because there was a meeting to approve the transfer of a liquor license between two businesses in the city. Ironic. He and his lawyers answered the complaint and said that everything in the complaint in the summons was a deliberate misrepresentation of the facts. That none of the suits filed against me were in any way malicious, but given that the only thing that changed between most of the suits was the name defendant, that kind of disproves that. He then went on to say that my lawsuit against him was simply a move by me to get revenge on him for trying to protect his business. Pretty much the entire answer was him just saying, No, you! Through the discovery process, there were a couple of motions for dismissal by the defendant's counsel. The first was just a general, all the facts are wrong, and this is a lawsuit filed in bad faith. The judge immediately threw out that complaint, since this guy had tried to sue me four times back to back. The second motion was that these weren't malicious because the defendants were different. Effectively, they were trying to say that if all the lawsuits had the same defendant, then it would be a malicious suit. But it's not, so it's not. 
But because they kept changing the defendant in each case, that means there was a legitimate complaint against each person trying to get sued. Which technically is legal, and in that case, I wouldn't be able to sue him. However, the judge acknowledged, While the argument you're making is legally sound, it completely violates the spirit of that law. Also, the actions of the defendant only serve to confirm that the previous lawsuits were filed in bad faith. So, the judge tossed out that motion, too. Later, during discovery, the defendant filed for a venue change. I filed in my local court, and they argued that a local jury would be biased towards me. This was dismissed because they forgot to ask for a jury trial, so there was no jury. We were perfectly fine with proceeding with the bench trial, so we didn't ask for a jury. So the judge threw out that motion too. So back to discovery. The whole process was extremely slow, and throughout it, we received multiple settlement offers and rejected all of them. Then, at the end of November, the defendant decided to fire the manager of one of his businesses. That manager then decided to turn over some text messages to the court. You see, we'd requested all communications about the malicious filings from last year that the defendant had made, including text messages. The fact that these text messages were missing clearly shows that the defense did not do what they were supposed to do. With this coming to light, and all the shenanigans the defendant had been pulling, the judge was just over it by this point. Our lawyers had to meet with the judge at the beginning of December, and the defense's counsel was reprimanded. After this, the defendant offered me a really big settlement. After my fiancé and I discussed it, we decided to accept the offer. Our wedding is getting close, and frankly, we don't want to deal with court stuff anymore. The whole trial process was months away, and there wasn't any guarantee that we would have gotten more money. Unfortunately, it's not the nuclear revenge that I was hoping for. However, the settlement did pay for my lawyers, repay the remainder of my loan, and I'll have a nice big chunk of money left over. So, in a way, OP, that guy did buy your business. He gave you the money for it, he just <laughs> let you keep it in the end. So, so, instead of getting a loan from the bank and paying it back, this guy generously gave you the money to start a business that competes with him. What a moron! Our next Reddit post comes from r slash relationship advice. I'm a 26-year-old woman, and my 28-year-old male fiancé told me that I wouldn't be able to pull anyone else, and I'm offended. How do I manage my emotions? Me and my fiancé have been together for five years, engaged for six months. We've never had issues where one of us was mad for a long time until this, and he, my mom, and friends think that I'm overreacting. I had a dream a couple of nights ago that I ended up dating a famous actor by accident. We've both had dreams where crazy things happen and told each other about it. I told him in the morning and we laughed about it. However, he made a comment about how my dreams are always extremely delusional. I asked him to elaborate, thinking that it would be something funny, but instead, I was met with a comment about how I wouldn't be capable of pulling someone half as attractive as that actor, let alone him. I was taken aback, and he doubled down and told me to be realistic, that most men wouldn't even look my way because I look like I'm already taken and I stopped looking interesting some time ago, and now even more so after I got engaged. I told him that I don't want any men to look my way, but the implication of his words hurt me. He told me it was irrelevant because we're together and I wouldn't leave him and to stop being offended over something I asked and left. For the record, my weight, hair, and general appearance have stayed the same, and I'm low-key high maintenance, so I have not been letting myself go. 
I called my mom for reassurance, and she agreed that I was overreacting. I called my friends for the same purpose, and I was met with the same response. I feel hurt because I love my fiancé, and I find him very attractive, and I know other people do too. I'm grateful that he chose to be with me, and that makes me value him even more. I thought he thought the same about me, but apparently he thinks that I wouldn't ever leave him because I can't pull another man. That somehow is making me feel like he doesn't value me as I do. And worst of all, I might be wrong for how I feel, but I can't control it. Also, everyone is asking who the actor is, and OP reveals that it's Adam Driver. Then, two months later, OP posted an update. First, you guys gave me the courage to reach out to my other friends outside of my closest circle, and they were shocked by what happened and told me not to brush it off. They echoed many of your comments and even called it negging. Also, my therapist backed up my feelings and said that I needed a straight-up chat with my partner and to set some clear boundaries and decide what's best for me and what I wish to enforce as my non-negotiables. Second, I did follow someone's advice and I started going out more with my supportive friends. My birthday actually fell in between these two posts and I decided to celebrate it by bar hopping in my city and it went great. My ex was invited and was sulking the whole time because I did get external attention, which I shut down. After talking with my therapist, I did explain my feelings to him again, and I reiterated that those comments will not be tolerated if we were to continue this relationship. I also said that we needed counseling as a couple because this could stem from insecurities from both sides. He did not apologize, but rather justified his actions under three arguments. And yes, these came from a 28-year-old man. One, I do look less interesting, and it's unfair to use my birthday as an example of me attracting anyone because I was catfishing as a younger woman, because the girls I invited were mostly 22 to 24. Two, Adam Driver, the actor that I dreamt about, is taller than my boyfriend. We're both 5'7", and he's insecure about it, so dreaming with people taller than him is disrespectful and emasculating. 3. Even if I'm objectively attractive, ever since I started therapy, I became cocky and more demanding, so he took the chance to bring me back to Earth. All of this was a shock to me. I felt as if the man that I was with for the last five years wasn't there anymore. This was a complete 180 from who he was before, and I do believe that this is a mix of his mask slipping after the engagement and the fact that he changed jobs to a male-dominated corporation, and those new friends did give me a weird vibe regarding their stance on women and equality. Regardless of what prompted this change, I ended it. I returned the ring, packed a bag with my essentials, and left while he threw a tantrum. He was super uncooperative about returning my remaining stuff. He sent me my stuff in trash bags full of glitter and wouldn't let me enter his apartment anymore. He, <laughs> he also sent me all the Star Wars DVDs with Adam Driver in them broken and destroyed. This made all the pain that I felt almost immediately disappear, which feels weird because I did love him and it was a long relationship. Yet I grieved him for only like one week. I did count my losses and just accepted some things that I won't get back. I blocked him, and I haven't heard or seen him since. Thank God I live in a big city. My immediate circle of close friends was cut off, as they valued going to a wedding more than my well-being. I'm low contact with my mom, and I'm being supported by my dad and my siblings. So, when I was reading the first original post, I had a feeling that the reason why he insulted OP was to lower her self-esteem so that she was less likely to leave him. And I was right about that, but the whole thing about 
it's rude to have a dream of a man who's taller than your boyfriend. That one, that one came out of left field. I did not see that one coming. That was our slash best of Redditor updates. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.